After last week's episode on dealing with aggression in boys, did you find yourself wondering about more ways to redirect the energy that so many boys have? Are you maybe wondering what things that I allowed our boys to do and what things I didn't? Just more specifics on that. Well, these are the things I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. Welcome everyone to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 27-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. You can find all three of those books at my website, DorendaWilson.com. You can also find them at Amazon. And you can find The 4-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two places that I just mentioned. I am so thankful that you joined me today. I have had a lot of listeners um, listen to the last episode on aggression in boys. And I realized as I was sort of pondering that last episode that I had more on my heart to share with you um, that might answer more questions that you might have, because that's what I try to do on this podcast. I think about if I were the mom on the other end of this microphone, what would I want to hear? What questions would I have? And I try to answer those questions. Of course, before I dive in, I want to share with you one of my favorite math resources. Um, you know, doing math with our kids can sometimes be a real drag. It can be, it's, it's an area of struggle for a lot of homeschooling moms. I'm not going to lie. It was a struggle for us as well. So maybe you're looking for a new curriculum or you'd like to see if there's something out there that might be a better fit. Well, CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning, which we all know is really, really important. Creative graphics and animations synchronized with the friendly voice of internationally acclaimed teacher Pat Murray make learning math easy and effective. CTC Math is favorably reviewed by the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review and is one of Kathy Duffy's 103 top picks. The lessons are short and concise to help your child break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. I encourage you to visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. That is ctcmath.com. So in the last episode, I, as I just mentioned, I talked about dealing with aggression in boys. I talked about reasons for aggression gave a fresh and more positive perspective on that aggression and talked about some ways to redirect it. So if you did not get a chance to listen to that episode, I really encourage you to do that because I think it's so important to understand reasons, some of the reasons for aggression and to maybe take a shift um, in perspective on that aggression because it can feel challenging as moms because we are women and we do not fully understand the male species, just like they don't fully understand us. And yet here we are coexisting together. God has called us to be married to males. He has called us to often raise males. And so it is our job to gain the wisdom and the understanding that we need to, to do it in a way that glorifies and honors God and brings our boys up to true biblical manhood. That's what we want. The world needs more real 
men. And moms, we have the opportunity to do that, to bring up these boys in a way that uh, they can just be so used so incredibly by God uh, down the road. And so in the meantime, it's important for us to do our homework, to do our studies, to do our searching and our seeking to find out how we can best do that. One of the things I mentioned in the last podcast was to talk to your husband about the best way to approach your boys because they understand where they're coming from so much better than we do. And it can be super easy for us to be too emotional in our just in our dealings with the boys. Either we are frustrated and angry because they don't respond to things the way that we would, um, or we're we're unwilling to let dad um direct. And because often they will take a harder stance or a harder approach or a harsher approach with the boys, which what I have found over the years is typically what they actually need. So lean into your husband for that wisdom. Now, he does not have to be present all the time, every day to understand or to be able to give you, he may not fully understand, but he can still give you direction and wisdom for this reason, because God has ordained him as the head of your household. Because that is his God-given role, God is going to give him wisdom beyond his understanding, beyond his experience. Our job is to pray first, Lord, give my husband wisdom. I'm gonna go talk to him about these things. Would you please make it clear to him what we're supposed to do? And then walk it out. Even if you're uncomfortable with it, even if you don't fully understand it, um, I think it's a wonderful way to respect and honor our husbands and also to respect and honor the men or soon to be men in our households. All right, today I want to give some more specifics on redirecting that energy and aggression and when to address it and redirect it. So in other words, I'm gonna be talking about the things that I allowed our boys to do and the things that I did not allow them to do. And again, this is going to be tweaked for each household, but I will say that kind of an overarching rule was if I don't want my boys to behave a certain way at someone else's house in their home, then I don't let them do that in our home. And I will be uh, give some more specifics on that in just a minute. But what I never want to communicate as I'm trying to alter and shift the perspective that many moms have on boys' aggression because the culture has been so influential, even if we have fought it and said, I know this isn't right. I want my boys to be men. We're still surrounded by it and kind of marinating in it. A lot of the time it is everywhere, this this hatred for manliness. Um, and so, but in that process of wanting you guys to have a shift in your perspective, to be positive, more positive about the, uh, how boys are wired and the energy that they have and the aggression that they tend to have. What I don't want to communicate is this idea that, quote, boys will be boys. And what I mean by that is in the sense that we should just let them get by with murder, get let them get by with unruly or impolite behavior. No, we don't want to do that. 
so while giving our boys space to be aggressive and energetic and male, we also want to teach them self-control. This is huge. We do this because that is what God calls us to as parents. We're going to do this for our girls as well, for the things that they struggle with. All our children come to us without, you know, they're born with a sinful nature. We have a job, the job of teaching them what godliness looks like, encouraging that in them. Um, whether they're, you know, aggressively male or manipulatively female, which is, you know, kind of a tendency with females. We're pretty good at that. Um, But we have to be the ones to recognize the sin, recognize what isn't right, and train our children towards righteousness. So we want our kids to learn self-control. We do this because that is what God calls us to as parents, right? We are We are disciples of Christ first, so we obey God first. If it doesn't please our children, that's okay. Um, They need to understand that these are not our rules that we came up with. These are not our laws and principles. They are the principles and laws of the God of the universe who created us and has the right to tell us what is right and what is wrong. So we're doing this because this is what God has called us to. We're to train and teach our children with obedience to God as the number one motive, okay? Um, The difference that I'm trying to get across, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is, is how we do that. So we're not, as we're correcting and training our boys, we're not doing so in a disgusted way. Oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. You know, there are times I have said very different tone. Oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. And we're laughing because it's like, this is something only boys would do. And I think it's hysterical, but we probably shouldn't do that again. You know, big difference, same wording, different tone, different perspective. That's what I'm wanting is for you all to look at your boys and go, this aggression and this energy in them is not a bug. It is a feature of this beautiful design that God has put together. And so how do we direct this in a way towards godliness? So we're not being disrespectful. We're not being disgusted by their maleness. Um, Although sometimes (laughs) there are some things that I'm like, oh, yuck. You know, the belching, the farting, that kind of thing. In certain instances, it just hits me like that's gross. That's disgusting. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I think another thing we need to understand and our, our kids, and now today we're specifically talking about boys, our, our kids need to understand this, but let's talk about it in terms of boys. There is a small window of time between something happening and our response to it, okay? So there's a time, window of t- small window of time between something happening and our boy's response to it. We need to help them recognize that they do have a choice in how they respond. You know, often they will react, but that is still a choice. They are also fully responsible for that choice. They're not responsible for the other person's choice. So an example like that would be um, one brother wants the other one to give him something and he either ignores or doesn't give it to him or says, no, I'm not giving it to you. And then the other brother comes across aggressively, grabs it from him. Then the other brother reacts and pounces on him. Okay, so both of them have sinned. They both allowed 
themselves to give vent to their anger, full vent to their anger, which the scripture clearly says is foolish. However, when you go to talk to them, typically what will happen is the one who didn't give the toy would say or says, no, I'm not going to give it to you, will say, I didn't start it, he did, because the other one got physical first. But how he responded to his brother could have easily provoked him. Again, not an excuse for the brother to get physically aggressive, but a reason. He gave him a reason to do it. So in that situation, they each had a choice and they each have responsibility. And so they need to take responsibility for their part in that scenario. I think that's really key when we're disciplining our kids. They need to take responsibility for their part. They need to recognize what their part was and they need to take responsibility for it. And often that requires an apology. And so I'll talk about that in just a minute uh, about apologies because this is uh, that's a super important point. But uh, we want to be directing our boys with the understanding of what we talked about in the last episode. So um, as I go into this, I want you to be thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. I want you to be thinking about the examples that I'm giving, but you're going to be picturing yourself doing this with a certain amount of respect for their maleness and their aggressive, um, aggressive, their, their tendency to be aggressive. Um, okay, so uh, before I dive in, I to the rest of this, I, I want to share a quick story because I think this is super important. Um, I have shared this story many, many times. I often share it at conferences. I've shared it on the podcast a couple of times, but it is worth repeating, especially within this particular topic. So when the boys, my, our boys were teenagers, um, the youngest wasn't, but we had four teenage boys and they were driving me crazy in terms of I would tell them to do stuff. I felt like every single thing I told them to do or everything I communicated to them was just ignored, not listened to, like they didn't even hear me. And this went on for quite a while. And uh, my husband and I, it was probably a couple of weeks and I was just kind of at my wits end. My husband and I went out for, for dinner and I just sort of, vented and I laid everything out and I said, this is what's going on. I'm so frustrated. And I just sort of unloaded on my husband. Felt much better once I did that because, you know, I'd just been carrying this around. But um, we finished up dinner. He went and got the car and he pulled up, picked me up. I got in the car and I remember exactly where we were in the parking lot. And he turned to me and he said, you know, I need, I need to tell you something, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. And, you know, at this point I had unloaded. I felt so much better. I was ready to hear what he had to say. He, and I said, no, I, I, want, I really want to hear what you have to say. Please tell me. And he said, you are using too many words with the boys. They don't respect you when you talk too much. And I was blown away, not in a bad way, but in a really good way. I knew what he was saying was absolutely true. I had just never thought of it. I mean, I knew that boys don't do nearly as many words as girls do, typically. There's always that exception to the rule. But typically, boys do not do well with too many words. So when we're going, even when we're giving directions in homeschooling, when we're, um, you know, just talking to them in general, it's, it's, 
so much better. They respond so much better with fewer words. So I just knew he was absolutely spot on. So I went home and I gathered the boys together and I said, you know, this is what dad said. Is this true? And they said, oh, I mean, they looked relieved. They said, oh, yes, mom, we would rather feel physical pain than listen to you talk so much. They were not being disrespectful. They were just being honest. And I was like, okay, this is where I needed to step back and say, I need to deny myself my need to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I need to retrain myself to, um, this really was a laying down my life because I love words. And I felt like, okay, they're, they must not just, they just must not be understanding me. So I need to reword it. Well, I was dead wrong. The words were just too much. And, you know, the scripture says that where words are many, sin is not absent. So that's something to keep in mind. So I started retraining myself to, to communicate what I wanted to communicate in 15 seconds or less. I could not believe the dramatic difference. And I also had ready and waiting consequences that were painful. A lot of times it was, it was hard work. It was something, you know, that stung a little, you know, in terms of like, oh my goodness, you know, something that was their currency and meant something to them. And I started doing that instead. And I could not believe the difference in the responses I got. So that's just a little side note, moms. We need to be careful not to use too many words with our boys. Okay. So one thing I noticed many years ago uh, when it comes to pretty much every offense as I was sort of reading the landscape of our family and trying to navigate so many sibling relationships, I realized that pretty much every offense falls under two, the, the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said those are the two greatest commandments. And really all the other commandments fall under those two categories. So an example would be if you've got a kid stealing chocolate chips or candy without permission, you have an issue of them not loving the Lord with their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. They are loving the candy more than they are loving him because they're willing to steal to get it, okay? Another example would be jerking a toy out of a sibling's hands versus healthy communication or appealing to a higher authority. So in that in that instance, they are not loving their neighbor as themselves, okay? See how that works? So what we want to do in, in a situation like that is encourage a good response. Um, even if someone grabs something out of their hands, they're still responsible to respond in a, in a way that is acceptable before the Lord, okay? Sometimes that means they're going to appeal to a higher authority. So they could say, hey, you know, I give, give that back to me. And that, <clears throat> the kid that grabbed it is like, no, I'm not giving it back to you. And they can feel themselves starting to get upset. Go straight to the higher authority, which would be mom or dad or whoever's in charge at the time. Sometimes it's an older sibling if they're babysitting and say, look, this is what happened. Can you please help me? Because this is what we would do as believers, right? If we have an altercation with another believer and we're trying to work it out, but we feel ourselves getting upset, emotional, and like we're not going to respond well, we're going to walk away because that is self-control, and we're going to appeal to a higher authority, whether that's we're going to go to the elders of the church or we're going to go before God. Um, so these are patterns we want to be establishing within our household. 
I also want to direct you to the Proverbs that is full of wisdom that we can implement in a variety of parenting situations. And I just want to give a couple examples. My boys love the Proverbs because they're so practical. Just one sentence thinks, you know, few words, right? (laughs) A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.1. A wrathful man stirs up discord. I've also read, uh, it also can read an angry man stirs up discord, but one slow to anger calms strife. You can see the contrast and comparison there. And we can bring this to our kids when we're having these situations. That's Proverbs 15, 18. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. Proverbs 16, 32. That is a wonderful one for boys because you hear the conquering spirit in there, right? We're teaching our boys to be slow to anger, and it makes them and to rule their spirit, which makes them better than someone who goes in and takes over a city, conquers a town. That's huge, right? That'd be huge to boys. Okay, by pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. That's Proverbs 13, 10. Proverbs 10, 19 says, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. So there's some self-control there when they want to say something that they shouldn't. We're biting our tongue. And I always say, and sometimes ignoring because I, as I told my kids, you know, use your greatest powers of ignoring. It's a superpower, you know? (laughs) Um, All right. So let's, I'm going to talk about some things that we allowed our boys to do to give an example of kind of what life looked like at our house. I'm sure this probably isn't an exhaustive list, but you'll get the idea. We allowed our boys to take breaks between subjects. So if they're doing math um, or they're just having a hard time even finishing their math lesson, it's I cut them loose. Go jump on the trampoline for 10 minutes. Go ride your bike for 10 minutes. Go do something physical. Burn off. And you know, it would reset their brain. I don't know if you know this, but the little trampolines, the big ones too, but you can get a mini rebounder. Um, it actually does help reset the brain. If they just kind of lightly jump on that. They can jump on it hard if they want to, but they can also do it super lightly without their feet even leaving the trampoline and uh, do that for like, you know, five minutes or something. And it helps to reset the brain. So I let them take breaks between subjects. I let them read upside down, do schoolwork where it worked for them, listen to music, not listen to music. Um, we did allow them to pass gas or belch. I mean, that is a normal body, bodily function, but it needed to be done in a way that where, okay, it, it came out, now what? Excuse me, right? We're going to use our manners. So even around the family, we're going to say, excuse me. And if they're going to belch, do so with the mouth closed. There's no reason to open the mouth wide and let it rip, right? So we're just daily training them in just um, consideration of others. We let them do manly things. We let them take risks and go on adventures. We said yes to as many quote unquote dangerous things as possible. Climbing trees, making bike ramps, wrestling, taking dangerous sledding runs within reason. And you guys, often what I did was I, you know, I didn't analyze every scenario our boys were in and give them permission. I had to trust them to make good decisions. And there were a few times that I was like, okay, I know they're down the hill and they're going down this one hill. And I'm pretty sure there could be, I got a feeling that there could be some real danger there. But I didn't go out there. I was willing to, but I didn't go out there. I prayed. I said, Lord, would you please just watch over those boys, keep them safe. 
And he did. So sometimes moms, that's just what we need to do. And I would pray every time I got a feeling that they might be doing something dangerous, I would ask the Lord, okay, Lord, do I need to go out and check on them? Or do I just need to pray for them? And I would just do one or the other. And God is, you know, he's not going to say, oh, you picked the wrong thing. Sorry, we're going to make them get hurt. You know, it's just, we can't do that to ourselves. We've, we've got to just trust the Lord with these boys and, and the, some of the wild things or things that feel wild to us that they need to do. <clears throat> we allowed our boys to have toy guns as little guys, knives, uh, not as really little guys, but um, you know, we we would get them plastic ones, absolutely. Uh, BB guns, pellet guns, airsoft guns, eventually real guns. Um, we allowed them to do things like take gun classes or gun safety classes or hunter safety classes. Um, we encouraged we encouraged that. You know, um, our culture is so so ridiculous about all of that. You know. <sighs> I can't even go into all of that. I will just lose my marbles. But <laughs> boys are going, typically going to enjoy guns. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you take every gun away, they'll take a piece of toast. That's what happened to our, our boys. If you, I didn't take guns away from them, but they would take a piece of toast and turn it into a gun. Well, we don't need to worry about that. That's absolutely normal for them to do that. They are protectors by nature. It is in their DNA. This is not a defect. This is like a, a wonderful part of their wiring. All right. We did let them play video games like Call of Duty. Now, I think that pretty much was during the teen years. Um, and we talked a lot about, okay, so how do you, show me how this game works. How do you feel about that? Do you, do you at any point, do you feel like the Holy Spirit is is nudging you that this isn't a good game to play. So we were trying to tune them in to that kind of discernment themselves. Because what looks like kind of a bloody game to me is is not it's a it's a box for them. It's not it's not them turning into serial killers, right? It's them practicing strategy. It's them conquering. It's them defending. It's it's something completely different in their minds than what I'm just seeing on the screen. So we need to be respectful of that. And obviously, we're going to let them play video games within limits. Um, as teens, our boys had 30 minutes a day. That was it. And the rest of the time needed to be doing other things. And so definitely need to keep a limit on it. Also recognize if it's becoming a god to them, which means that they get angry, upset, treat people like crud when they don't get to play their game. That's when you know it's too important. It's back under that category of not loving the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. They're idolizing this game playing. It's the same thing with cell phones. These are wonderful tools that are a blessing from God. We don't need to be afraid of them, but we do need to use them as tools. Are they being productive tools? And sometimes that can be a little hard to decipher, <laughs> as women versus guys playing these things. Now, I mentioned this um, in the past, but I am so glad that I, I went through the pain of letting our boys game every day, um, well, most days, for that minimal amount of time. Because now, as adults being scattered all over the country, Wednesday nights, the five of them gather together online and game together. And it's it's the way that they stay connected. You know, men aren't going to pick up the phone and call each other and chit chat like we do. They have to be doing something. 
doing something together is how they bond, okay? I heard a guy say this one time. This is just a total side note, but such a good, good observation. He said, we've been doing men's ministry like women's ministry. We get together, we drink coffee, we sit around the fire. He's like, men need to do manly things together and that's how they're gonna bond. Work on a project together, build a barn together, um, you know, remodel someone's basement together, help somebody move. These are the ways that men come together. And so I think it's so important to recognize that also in our boys. Okay, we also let them express their thoughts or feelings respectfully when they were in conflict. <clears throat> Now, if they were, began to be disrespectful, one of the things that I would say is, do you want to try that again? And that was my little margin of grace saying that was worded very poorly in an awful tone. You need to reword that and say it in a better tone. And I said all that in one sentence by saying, do you want to try that again? And what I wanted them to do is to do it themselves. I want them to find the words and use the self-control to get the tone right I'm not just going to tell them what to do. Say it like this, say this and say it like this because then they don't own it. We want them to have to come up with this. So sometimes it would take two or three times for them to get it right. And if they still weren't getting it right, then I would give them an example. But we want to communicate to them what the standard is in terms of how they're going to speak to each other, how they're going to speak to us, okay? All right, moving into things we did not allow them to do. And the reason that I felt like this was important to share is because we live in a culture of unruly children in general. And so if I say, oh, you know, boys are just full of aggression and they're going to do things that girls don't do, some of you might get the idea that, oh, I just let them kind of run to a certain degree and use the boyness as an excuse. I did not do that. Now, again, you have to determine all of this for your own family with your husband, okay? So this is these decisions are completely up to you. I'm only sharing with you what we did. I'm seeing the good fruit of it, um, but every family is not the same. So listen in, and again, listen carefully. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Don't be afraid to be corrected if maybe you're doing something you shouldn't or letting your boys do something that they shouldn't. Um, but also, you know, if you and your husband are in agreement that something is okay for them to do at home, um, then that is completely up to you. All right. So we did not allow them to run for any length of time in the house. We would send them outside to run around the house 10 times, go jump on the trampoline. And that was after I would give a warning. I would say, nope, no running in the house, okay? And give them a chance to correct it. But if it continued, I thought, okay, they've got pent up energy that just needs to come out. So send them outside on their bikes, whatever. And I would say that, you know, clearly you have too much energy. Good, this is good. This is good that you have this energy, but you need to run it off outside, not inside. The other thing that I would sometimes have them do is walk the length that they had just ran several times to practice walking instead of running. Because sometimes they're just getting in a bad habit and we need to retrain that habit. And I would say to them, well, it's clear that you need more practice walking because you seem to just want to run. So let's work on some self-control here and self-regulate. So I want you to walk this length 20 times. I did the same thing if they would slam a door that I told them, don't slam that door, don't slam that door. I would have them open and shut the door quietly 20 times, okay? 
because I'm like, you're in a habit of slamming. We need to break that habit. You need more practice closing it quietly. So you get the idea here. We did not allow them to roughhouse in the house unless it was winter. Sometimes I had to give them... I would give them a limited amount of time because they just needed to get their energy out and they couldn't go outside because it's like, you know, five degrees below zero and they couldn't, I I just couldn't send them out there safely. And so, um, I just, but the, the rule was that they couldn't roughhouse in the house. And if I allowed them to, I would set a timer. You've got 15 minutes and I knew it was going to be over soon and they knew, okay, this is my permission and I need to get it out, and then I need to be done. Again, we're teaching them self-control. If it wasn't nasty outside, I would send them outside, or I would have them do push-ups if I just needed them to get some energy out quickly. Um, So that was, was those were some other options. We did not allow them to jump on the furniture, including the couches or the beds, because my husband's like, this is destructive. We did not allow them to be destructive. We can't afford to go and buy a new couch. They're going to spring those springs in no time flat, and we're going to have to buy a new couch. Well, this is not teaching them how to take care of things. Also, if I'm at someone else's house, I do not want them jumping on their furniture. Um, But sometimes we did briefly, for a limited time, allow bed jumping just for fun or just because we couldn't get them outside, or a pillow fight. That's another really great one. We did not allow them to get physical in response to a confrontation. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but we always dealt with it. And um, we made it clear that this is not the way that we address issues, okay? Um, They have to exercise self-control. We would practice what does that look like. Um, And a lot of times in response to it, I would give them extra physical work or they had to do chores for the other person that they were overly aggressive with. And um, that's especially true if the other person didn't do anything to provoke it. Um, And if they did, they can do chores for each other, right? We did not allow them to chew and talk with their mouth full. Now, uh, some of the ways we handled that was not, we wouldn't, they wouldn't be allowed to speak for the rest of the meal. They had to be quiet because you can't seem to, you know, if it's repeated, if it's just one mistake, that's fine. But if it's kind of like, okay, this is becoming a pattern, you need to just stop talking. And you're not allowed to talk for the rest of the meal because you can't seem to speak without your mouth full. Other than that, I might have them empty their mouths and then talk, um, practice putting the fork down, swallowing. Or if you want to talk, put your fork down. Then you won't continue to shovel food in your mouth while you're talking. So lots of different ways you can you can deal with that. Interrupting. This is another thing we really, <laughs> I don't, sometimes I feel like I never quite got that down. That was a, that was a doozy. Um, trying to teach eight kids not to interrupt. So what I would do in response to interrupting was I would make them wait longer. So if they were interrupting while I'm talking to somebody and they're not stopping, so the, the training pattern that we tried to use is if they needed to say something to me while I was talking to someone else, they needed to put their hand on my leg or my shoulder and just hold it there. And sometimes that got annoying. So I would just, you know, tap their hand and put it down. That would let them know that I know they're there and I'm going to talk to them as soon as I get a chance. So there's this this very, uh, just body language saying, I know you're here. I know you want to say something to me. I'll be with you in a minute. Um, And sometimes I would actually wait if they were insistent on interrupting, then I would make them wait longer 
to tell me what they wanted to tell me um, because they obviously need practice. I remember one time I was on the phone with my very good friend, Jana, and um, every time I got on the phone, my kids would just come up and start talking to me as though I weren't talking to someone else. It wasn't registering. So one in particular was doing this. And so I told my friend, I said, Jana, she knew what was going on. So I said, hey, I'm going to put this kid on the phone and I want you to talk to him and um, and just hold a conversation with him. And so she did that. And while she did that, I tapped on that kid and said, hey, 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 I, I just, I need something. Hey, can I have a drink of water? Hey, can I have a snack? And I just let them know what it felt like to be on the phone having a conversation and having someone else just come up and start talking to you. So, and that was a hoot. That was really funny <laughs> to watch the frustration on their face. Okay, another thing we did not allow the boys to do was to hit girls. I mean, they technically couldn't hit each other either, but boys play differently. But when it comes to to the girls, we were like, no, you never, 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 never get physical with them. Um, you, This is not, and they're not to treat them in a dishonorable way. Um, and they had to apologize whether they feel like it or not. Now, let me take just a brief side note on that. A lot of moms are like, well... What if he doesn't mean it? It doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't say um, to make things right with someone when you feel like you're actually sorry. It just says to go to that person and ask forgiveness, whether you feel like it or not. So we're going to practice what the Bible says. And so uh, they need to apologize. I often would have them tell me, tell me again why it's not okay to treat girls this way or to hit girls? Can you tell me? Well, the Bible says that men are to protect women. Well, are you protecting a woman when you're smacking her? No, you're not. Um, This is practice for marriage. Like I want you to treat your wife well with honor and respect. And so this starts by treating your sisters well. All right. Um, Oh, the other thing is what if she started it? Okay, it doesn't matter. He still needs to man up and take responsibility for his part. He had a choice in the situation. Always have a choice. We didn't allow them to speak disrespectfully to each other as brothers either. There's a certain amount of sparring that goes on. Just know that. Just ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom as to know when it's being, being taken too far. But the scriptures say in Romans 12, honor one another above ourselves. And so if it's crossing that line of honor, um, you know, ask the Lord for wisdom to know where that is and and remind your boys that they're to treat each other with honor. Um, also, um, another passage says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And again, I would use that example of, okay, do you want to try that again? I'd like you to phrase it in a, you know, we want them to phrase uh what they're trying to communicate in a respectful way in an appropriate tone. And uh, another thing to remember um, as you're sort of thinking about navigating uh, those relationships and the conflicts that come along, and this happened, this is true across the board, um, boys, girls, or whatever, through the sibling years or through the years of encouraging sibling relationships and trying to nurture them and grow them, the one place where I found so much help was throughout the New Testament. There are so many passages on how we are to treat each other as the body of Christ. Because at the end of the day, we are a mini church. 
our families are a mini church. We are representing the gospel on a small scale. So Christ is the head of the church. The man is the head of the home. The church submits to Christ. The wife submits to the husband. And then the children are to treat each other a certain way. They're to submit to the authority, and then they are to treat each other certain ways. Uh, one of my favorite passages is 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 through 18, is, uh, where God describes what it looks like to be the body of Christ to each other. And this passage, like I said, is just as applicable to family life. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peaceably with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good in each uh, to each other and to all people. Always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So our families are covenant families because the parents love the Lord, even if it's just one parent, that is a covenant household. And so we want our children to grow up learning what it looks like to be the body of Christ to each other, starting at home. And so just even that one, there are many passages, but even just that one passage, there's so much there. When you read, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Well, sometimes a kid isn't doing his chore like he's supposed to. And a brother or sister can go to them and say, hey, listen, I don't want you to get in trouble. So, um, and hard work is a good thing. You know, mom and dad are trying to teach us to work. Um, you should probably get up and do your chore, Okay. That's what that is right there. Um, encourage those who are timid. You know, sometimes uh, there's a sibling who's shy. Well, another sibling can encourage that that child to be more outgoing, to help them uh, maybe introduce them to friends, to help them make friends rather than mocking them or making fun of them because they're shy. Do you see the difference there? Our households are just a beautiful, beautiful place to be walking out, again, what it looks like to be the body of Christ to each other. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, what we want is for our boys, our girls too. We want our girls to grow up to love the Lord, but we're, we're focused on boys today. What we want is for our boys to grow up to be real men who understand how to read a room, right? Use discernment, and good judgment in every circumstance. And that's only going to happen if we train them. But we do so without being disgusted by their maleness. Now, God has wired our boys together beautifully. You know, I talked earlier about um, reasons for their aggression. You know, I think in the last episode, again, if you didn't listen to it, please go back and listen to it. Uh, I may have addressed anger, but that is something that that does happen with boys. And anger can come from a lot of places. It can come from um, just feeling discouraged because we as parents haven't been encouraging enough. We've been more critical than we have been encouraging. Now, don't Take that as a big, heavy, and a bunch of condemnation, but it's an honest question we need to ask ourselves when our when our sons are experiencing anger. Sometimes they're just mad at themselves because they have higher standards for themselves than maybe they need to. And you know, it's good to have high standards, but we also don't want them to become prideful and think that they can be perfect or be like God. 
they have to understand their humanity and yield that to the Lord and be willing to admit when they're wrong. Um, sometimes anger is because, you know, I talk, uh, it can be foods they're eating. It can be foods that don't agree with them. It can be something that happened that they haven't talked to you about that's really bothering them. It can be, um, you know, in a relationship with a sibling, bitterness that ha- and resentment that has been growing over time and needs to be rooted out. So there's a lot of different, we just need to ask for wisdom and clear direction on that because, um, Again, that aggression can come out in a very angry way, and it's up to us to discern what is actually happening there. Uh, One uh, relational style uh, or relational parenting tool that I did a podcast on um, is called tomato staking. And this is another way to, um, it it is a way to deal with our boys' aggression because sometimes it's just like we let them run it off and it's still there. Um, This is about keeping them with us, right beside us for several hours at a time as we go about our things that we're doing. They're not playing with their siblings. They're they're with us and there's a purpose and a reason behind that. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes for you to listen to that particular episode. But God has wired our boys together beautifully. Their aggression is not a bug. It is a feature. Um, We really just need wisdom as parents to know how to direct it so that our boys bring glory and honor to their maker and fulfill the plans and purposes that he has for them. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for these boys. Father, thank you for all. Lord, I am so thankful for all that I have learned from my boys and continue to learn from them. Lord, I thank you that you have made us different. Lord, that you have made men and women different. And together we are a wonderful, wonderful team. In the words of my husband, if we were both the same, one of us would be irrelevant, unnecessary. But God, you created us um, in the likeness of you and just different characteristics of who you are. And together we function beautifully um, for the kingdom, not perfectly, but definitely beautifully. And we love, I love the way that you have laid it all out in scripture as to how we are to do that, Lord. And we do ask for wisdom for these boys, that we would have discernment, that we would be wise in how we raise them, Lord, that they would grow up to glorify and honor you and, um, and just advance and advance the kingdom of God as they raise their own families and affect the world around them uh, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 